Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tiamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I'm talking to not one, but two of Disney Theatrical's longtime leading men. As the company celebrates its 25th anniversary on Broadway this spring, I had the opportunity to talk to both Broadway's current genie, Michael James Scott, and Broadway's current Mufasa, L. Stephen Taylor. Both gentlemen have been with their shows for a long time. Scott on and off for more than five years when the show's been on Broadway, and Taylor in one form or another for large parts of the past 14 years. In both conversations, I talked to them about their specific journeys with the shows, the importance of these beloved Disney properties welcoming new audiences to the theater, and the challenges in bringing roles to the stage that were created by larger-than-life legends on the screen. With Scott, I also talk about how it is vital for anyone who plays the genie to bring their own authentic self to the role, and with Taylor, he details the importance of the show having an authentic South African perspective for both performers and audiences of color. Also, throughout this episode, I have included performances by both stars. You can find full versions and their respective links in the show notes. So without further ado, we'll start with my conversation with Michael James Scott. We spoke last month before the big screen version of Aladdin was released, just to give you some context. Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves to hear them rather had a thousand tales. Well, master, you're in luck, because up your sleeve you got a brand of magic little fails. You got some power in your corner now, some heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch, pizzazz, yahoo, and I see all you got to do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Aladdin, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. No, no, no. Like You've been with this show for quite a while, and I feel like we need to at least understand the roadmap of all of the different incarnations of your turn playing the genie. Because other than taking a, almost a year, 10 months or whatever to go open something rotten on Broadway, you've been playing the genie in one form or fashion in whatever different locations since the very beginning, back in 2014, right? Yes, yes, yes. That is absolutely right. So I, so I started as the original standby, and I was there. I was. I did that for probably about, probably about a almost a year, not a full full year. And, and you know, I normally wouldn't have because I'm you know used to being on stage. But because of the role, I knew I was like this. This just. It, it was it was something that didn't come around like this, as, uh, you know, a lot. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. And I love James Monroe Iglehart, who originated the genie. We're we're very good friends, had lots of mutual friends, and you know, have known each other in the business for a long time, and then wanting to work together. So it was a really wonderful. It just it, it made sense. So I did that, and then I left to go do something rotten. Um, which was, you know, incredible. And mm-hmm. Casey Nicolau, the same director and choreographer, basically kind of took me away. <laughs> and I went and I originated the menstrual in Something Rotten for about a year and some change. And then I left Something Rotten because Disney asked me to go and open the Australian production of Aladdin as the genie. So that's when I went to Australia. Um, and I opened the show in Sydney I was there for about nine months, and then I went to Melbourne and did it for eight months. So I was there for I was I was in Australia for eighteen months. 
which wow. is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, while I was there, I ended up winning the Australian, basically the Australian Tony, an award called the Helpman Award, Awards, which was just unbelievable and, and truly like, you know, an incredible experience. And it, it was life changing, the whole, the whole journey um, down in Australia. So then from there, I actually left a little bit earlier than I was, I, than, I, than technically when I was going to be leaving. And Disney brought me to LA to open uh, the, the tour had already been going, but they were about to do an LA run. So they actually brought me in to do that and open it in Los Angeles, which was, you know, incredible. Um, and, uh, uh, they reunited Adam yeah. Jacobs, who was the original Aladdin and Courtney and myself, they reunited us together to, to open, to do the, the Los Angeles production, which was just like, you know, obviously a dream come true. I'm also based in LA. Oh, awesome. So that was, um, I got to be home. So that's kind of how that happened. And then I stayed with the, I stayed with the tour for, for, a few months there and I actually was supposed to be basically almost being done at that point. And then they <laughs> asked what I want to go to London <laughs> and basically we did like a genie swap and the gentleman who was playing the genie in London is from um, Pittsburgh and, and came home to basically do the genie in, at home. So I, we did a huge genie swap I went to London to play the genie for like three months and he came to join, join on the tour for like three months. And then from there, <laughs> the, the talk was, was okay. You know, coming back to Broadway and, you know, being here for the fifth anniversary and the 25th anniversary of Disney theatricals. And they reunited um, Ainsley and I, um, and Ariel, who we originated these roles of, of Jeannie, Aladdin, and Jasmine in Australia. And we have been reunited to be here for the fifth anniversary of the show and the 25th anniversary of Disney Theatricals, which was just like the biggest honor. So yeah. it's like full circle. And now I'm on Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> Back that's... on Broadway, which is crazy. And my career has been on Broadway, but it's like, it's insane to sort of like the journey that I've taken with this role. Can we bring down the house a little bit thank you listen i don't mean to brag or anything but you want to know what my idea of high adventure is what it's getting to do the role in in new york and 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 and, and london and sydney and uh, melbourne how did you get to do all of those cities well major disney you know they just called me up and they said michael we can show you the world <laughs> Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, genie, now when did you last let your heart decide? A whole new world. A whole new world. That's what we'll see. That's what we'll see. A thrilling A wondrous place for you and me. It's, I mean, that's what I was, as I was kind of going through and everything, like I knew all of these things, but when I started putting them together, I was like, that's really insane that this one role has taken you literally all around the world in some of the biggest yeah. entertainment and theater hubs 
in the world. That's that's such a cool experience. And um, I want to get back to the twenty the fifth anniversary of the show and the twenty fifth anniversary of, of Disney theatrical. But to do it with this role, that's got to be. Uh, to me, you know, I'm not a performer, but I would think that that would be incredibly exciting, but also a little bit daunting. Not just because obviously you you saw James do it and, uh, as the uh, um, as the standby and saw you know him originate that role, but like it goes much further back than that with all of the the decades of history from the film, and now now we've got Will Smith to contend with too, which we'll talk about too. But like stepping into this role that comes with so much iconography and so much history with it how do you kind of feel yourself as being part of the legacy of the genie now that there are people doing it all over the world but especially uh, because that's a role that means so much to so many people i mean that's exactly right you know the genie was never on my radar which is so crazy and casey it was casey that was like you know i i, I think i'd like for you to come in for um, a reading of of the show. James could not, after the Seattle production, I was doing the Book of Mormon at the time on Broadway, and James could not come in for this reading, um, uh, basically to sort of like, for the Disney, all the big execs to sort of see the sort of like, ver- right, the latest version from the out of town version of the show. And so he had me come in and it was that was when it basically that was kind of that was my audition, <laughs> which was insane <laughs> because I was the only one that had ever done it. And I walked in and there was like, you know, all of the Disney top peaks there. And, you know, and I'm doing the genie like it's just unbelievable. Um, So it was never on my radar. And I think what I realized as I was, you know, coming out, you know, the genie is. Like you said, it's such a beloved character. It's an iconic character, you know, created by the the late great Robin Williams, and um, the 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 show is beloved so much around the world that it, it was it is it was and it is daunting to sort of like put that pressure on yourself. But what has been unbelievable for me, and what I'm so blessed and I feel so grateful from, you know, Disney from Tom Schumacher and and um, and Casey Nicola, all of those, all of the the, the people who have. Alan Menken, they have allowed me to bring Michael into the role. And I have found that, you know, the, this role has really challenged me to really be my authentic self. I think in order to be successful at the genie, you have to be authentic in your own skin. And it's something that you can't fake. And it's really been an unbelievable sort of like growing thing for me because it literally was like a full circle coming back to the sort of little like chubby chocolate kid who grew up in Orlando, Florida, just wanting to entertain people and didn't really care about, you know, anything else, but just sort of had this quiet confidence of just sort of being himself. And, you know, you go through life and insecurities and all these things come up and, you know, it's been unbelievable to revisit this sort of notion of your authentic self in the genie. The genie is all heart and love and light. And uh, that to me is, I think, why I'm so, I feel so lucky and blessed that I get to have that little piece of the legacy. Um, Because, you know, what, what actor doesn't want to get on a stage and literally everyone in the audience is waiting for you and wants to love you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, I think that that has been truly unbelievable and really, really has been 
quite almost therapeutic for, for me in terms of really um, following within my sort of authentic self. So how do you, when you say that, how do you, I think theater fans understand that when you originate a role and when you're in the room creating the role, that that makes sense that you put a stamp on it for yourself. And obviously you were um, in a little bit of a different sense with this role, but when it's a, it's a role that somebody else originated in a film and then you weren't the first person to play the role on Broadway, how do you find opportunities to put your authentic self in there. I, you know, I think it makes a little more sense with the genie because of his personality. And I'm, I don't know how much ad living there is, but I could imagine there might be some, but how do you find that in a role that's so, I mean, not, not to make a Disney pun, but frozen in a lot of ways. Yes. Yes. I think, I think what has to happen is that you, you know, when you're given the material, it's, it's truly not about, recreating what it is that you've seen or saw or heard, really trusting what the, the, the spark was the team saw in you and trusting that. I think, you know, I feel blessed to be able to be a part of, you know, like comic geniuses where I've gotten to just love from. I've sat in the room and, and, and learned from like, people who are not afraid to fail and just try stuff. And I think that with the genie, you know, it was, it forced me to get out of my head and to just play. Um, and so with a role like this, you know, you really, from the very beginning, you have to be as you have to be really confident within yourself to trust the fact that the thing that you have that got you there is the thing that's going to take you, you know, to be able to fly with this role. Um, so it's really about trusting yourself and really trusting the, the, the work that it is that, the, that people saw in you. Um, it's harder than, than done, but that's what, you, that's what has to happen. It has to happen that way. And you have to be able to just, to, to, to just try. Because if you don't, it's so easy for this role to let it sort of run you as opposed to you running it. Do you know what I mean? Totally. That makes, that makes so a lot I of think sense. That that's kind of, that's kind of what has been, you know, the thing. And, you know, I've gotten to be able to, in the very beginning, it was just James and I, you know, and um, there are, I mean, truly, we would have little like genie powwows together <laughs> and we would just, you know, sort of talk about the role and uh, all of those things. And I mean, I was on the very first, weekend of previews on Broadway. Oh, wow. I was on. Like, um, so, you know, it was, I was, I was literally in the show, like, immediately. Um, and as you can imagine, that is, you know, it's a tough sort of thing when you're, you know, you're, you're waiting, and then all of a sudden, you're literally on the very first weekend of yeah. the show. That's not, <laughs> probably not how things um, were at least originally planned, I wouldn't think exactly but you just you know you do it and then you you have a team that trusts you and you really 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 it's a it's a it's a major game in trusting yourself and having faith in the thing that is that you do it really is well and you mentioned having faith in the thing that you do obviously disney has had faith in you to keep bringing you back to this role but this isn't the first time that you've worked with Disney. Uh, one of your early show shows early in your career on Broadway was in Tarzan. I know you did Aida in uh, at the Muni as well. So this is not your first experience 
with working for Disney. So while that's been over a decade plus, to, you know, 10, 12 years working with Disney Theatrical, you, like you said, were a part of Aladdin, not only during the show's fifth anniversary, but Disney Theatrical's 25th anniversary. What did that mean to you, to someone who's seen how much Disney values you <laughs> and keep bringing you back uh, to this role mm-hmm. um, to actually be a part of that celebration on Broadway, which you know, I think there's a lot of people in the theater community that think that Disney theatrical in one way or another really helped resurrect Broadway, uh, you know, two mm-hmm. and a half decades ago. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I can't tell you what it means to be able to have the brand that is Disney back you and want you to lead, a, you know, a show. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dream, you know, and it is, um, it's very humbling and you're, you, you, you know, I don't take it lightly. I am beyond grateful for it. And I, you know, I'm such, I'm a, it's, it truly is full circle. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I grew up, you know, going to Disney. I grew up as a Disney kid. I performed at Disney when I was a kid. I, you know, all of those things. So like, it truly is a full circle moment for me to be able to get to do, to do this. Um, uh, I think that, that, if I could, you know, if I told my, my younger self that you were going to be playing the genie, you were going to be, you know, leading mm-hmm. uh, in a Broadway show uh, under Disney theatrical, you know, under the umbrella of Disney theatrical, I would have, I just would have laughed, you know, like, like that doesn't even, what do you mean? Um, and so to be able to be here doing that, I think it just, it really, uh, sometimes I think about it and it it's so overwhelming because it really is, it's so daunting and it, and it's a, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing. Um, and, and I also, you know, I'm so proud of, of what, like what Disney has done for Broadway and what Disney does for Broadway and how much it gives back to the community. I mean, Tom Schumacher has like made, made theater accessible for everyone, you know? Um, so I think to be able to be, to, to be one of their, you know, leaders in one of their shows, for me is like, it's the ultimate, you know? And I'll always look back on this time working under the, the thing that is Disney, Disney theatrical as a crazy highlight of my career. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I'm based in Orlando as well. So even though I work uh, primarily with New York stuff, I, I live in Orlando. So I understand the, uh, the excitement for Orlando oh people. So, so yeah. Um, but one other Disney question before I want to hit one more thing before I let you go eat your salad. We've seen Aladdin, like you mentioned, uh, all over the world, all over the country with tours and all of those things. But now we're about to see it on the big screen. And anywhere you look online, everyone's got opinions on what we've seen so far. I'm not going to ask you to say anything about your parent company. Obviously, I'm sure the movie's going to be great. But does the cast have any plans to go see the film together? Is Disney going to take the, you know, do a special screening for the Aladdin cast? Because I'm sure that would be a, a pretty exciting event to uh, to be a part of. Yes, there might be a, uh, there might be a, a screening that's planned for us to get to see it and welcome our new, you know, Agriva brothers and sisters into <laughs> this thing that is Aladdin. Um, yeah, we're, 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 we're all so excited for it, um, you know, and we are, we are just thrilled that there's going to be a movie. That, uh, it's, just, it's just amazing for the whole brand of Aladdin. So we're all excited. We're all excited for 
what is to come and and um you know looking forward to to seeing it and and celebrating the work that they've done on a new version of Aladdin. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. It's a really exciting time for all of us because of it, you know, too. And with the show being the fifth anniversary and the movie coming out, I mean, it couldn't have been, it's like, you know, beautifully timed. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, there may be a, there may be okay. a, a group a sort of, uh, you know, a thing that's happening before the movie comes out that we're all getting to, Get, get okay. a lovely screening of. All right. Well, I'll keep my <laughs> eye out on social media for that then. But uh, any, any. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you'll see lots of, lots yeah. of that stuff coming out. <laughs> um, any, any jealousy when you watch the trailer of getting to see Will Smith in the blue? Are you jealous that you don't get to paint yourself blue every day to do the show? Or are you pretty happy with that? Not at all. <laughs> I am like, I figured. I wish you all the best in your blue. <laughs> yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. You see all the alphabas not getting able to get the green out. Yeah. So I can imagine the blue would be just oh as bad. Oh my gosh. But listen, I have the same problem with glitter because instead of the blue, it's basically glitter. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it's like my, my whole, my whole face, head, everything is covered in glitter. So it's basically the same thing. So I don't, I, 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 I just, I'm like, I wish you, I'm sure he's still, even though they shot the movie last, you know, last year, <laughs> I'm sure there's still glue somewhere, yeah. somewhere yeah. on him. <laughs> we, we won't get into where, but yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I will let you go get your salad, but I have one more. I have to ask about this. Obviously you are, uh, it was just announced last week that you are um, at least uh, temporarily reuniting with the team behind uh, something rotten and you're going to be a part of a reading, which I don't know if it's already happened or it's it's going to happen, of Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know what you're allowed to say, what you're not. So if you are able to say anything, is there anything you can tell us about this new show that's in the works? I am a part of the reading that's happening and we are currently, you know, that's happening right now. It's, it, you know, it's an obviously... So many people are really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And it's in a brilliant team. So I'm actually just kind of like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just excited to see what it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. And I am, you know, I'm just thrilled that I get to be a part of the reading. You know, I don't know what the future is, but I'm thrilled that I get to be a part of the reading and in the room for the reading. <laughs> That's, that's what I could say. About That's a very it. diplomatic way to put it, uh, Michael. I appreciate you uh, being very cautious <laughs> with your word choice there. War of the Roses, Chaucer's Tales, the brutal feudal system, holy crusades, bubonic plague. Can't say that we've really missed them. So dark and barbaric, so dull and mundane. That was so Middle Ages. That was so Charlemagne. Welcome to the Renaissance with poets, painters, and bon vivants and merry minstrels who show the streets of London a strum in their lutes in puffy pants and pointy leather boots. Welcome to the Renaissance. Where we ooh and ah, you with zombies. We're so progressive, the latest and the greatest. We bring it to you with much ado. Welcome to the Renaissance, where everything is new. 
we turn our attentions from Agrabah in the New Amsterdam Theater over to the Pride Lands in the Minskoff Theater, where L. Steven Taylor has been playing the role of Mufasa for nearly four years. However, as he explains, his journey with the show started more than a decade before he became Broadway's reigning Lion King. This is kind of uh, an exciting season. I, I think what's so interesting about this spring for a lot of uh, the Disney shows is normally this is a time when we focus on the Tony Awards and all the new shows, but like there's been so much love given to this 25th anniversary for the Disney shows and especially the three shows on Broadway. Uh, currently, this has to have been a kind of a, an interesting spring for being in a long running show like you are. Yeah, it, you know, it really was. And we've been doing it with, um, there's not a whole lot of crossover between, uh, between the shows, believe it or not. But because of the, uh, because of the anniversary of Disney musicals on Broadway, we've been able to, kind of uh, check in with the other cast and spend a lot of time together with them. So it's kind of reinv- uh, reinvigorating for somebody who's been, I've been in this show for, you know, almost 14 years. So yeah. it's been a kind of a reinvigorating thing for me to, to, uh, to get to hang out with the other cast and, you know, and they're a lot more fresh and, <laughs> and a little bit newer <laughs> than we are. So got a little, uh, got a little reboost. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, uh, kind of speak of the time when you were performing with uh, some of the cast members from the other shows on Good Morning America, you you actually got to do a Disney song not from The Lion King as well. I I, I don't know how often you actually get a chance to do that. Actually never. So <laughs> when, they, when they told us when they told us we were uh we were doing that, I thought for sure that they were going to have me uh do something do something uh from the show probably like what I sing in the show. But yeah, it was really fun to be able to represent uh little Little Mermaid, and I mean, I feel like that's one of the more well-known uh, shows from just the Disney canon in general. So I felt really privileged to be able to pay some homage to the original, uh, the original Mufasa slash Sebastian uh, in singing that song. So that was really cool. Under the sea, under the sea, under the sea, when the starting begin, there begin this music to me. What do they got a lot of sand? We, we got a harbor station band. Each little snail can knows how to whale it. That's why it's hot under the water. Yeah, me and Lucky down in the muck under the sea. Under the sea. You mentioned the fact that you've been with this show for almost 14 years. And what's so interesting about the Lion King and actually also Chicago, which is a show which has been around for a long time. But speaking specifically about the Lion King and, and tying it in with Disney, it seems that a lot of people like you, you are not that unusual. Maybe the length is, but a lot of people stick with Lion King in one form or another, whether that's on Broadway or on tour or going back and forth for long periods of time. And obviously yeah. part of that is a, a steady job working for a great company like Disney is a, a tough thing to find for performers. But I, I, I would imagine that at some point there has to be something more than just a regular paycheck to be able to stick with a show for almost a decade and a half like you have for, for you or maybe talking to other people who've done long runs in the show. What is it about this show that keeps people wanting to continue to tell this specific story? Yeah, it's, uh, it's I mean, it's definitely more than more than a paycheck. I mean, I think when you put aside the family element, because a lot of people don't leave the show, you know, we've seen weddings and births and been through, uh, been through that. So it really does feel like family. 
and me specifically, um, I've been able to kind of grow up in this show, if you will. Um, I started in the ensemble and I was just, I was the Mufasa understudy. Um, and they, you know, allowed me to kind of cut my teeth on the road doing, uh, doing the role and being a father myself. I've learned a lot about who I am as a dad through, uh, through playing this, uh, through playing this role and through seeing other people, um, through the, uh, through the years play it as, uh, play it as well. So I think the family aspect of this, uh, of the show and how it, you know, and how it kind of, uh, sets that up inherently like on and off stage is one of the things that makes the show uh, really easy to uh, continue to be a part of. And, you know, and because of that, it's something, it's some, it's, there's always something fresh. So it's not like it's, uh, it's, it's not the same show it was two years ago, you know, so it's, it's constantly changing. And the people in the show, even though um, uh, we, a lot of us had been there for long periods of time, you know, we evolve as uh, as performers with the show as the, as the show continues to change and evolve. So you mentioned the fact that your parenting uh, as a father has been influenced by playing Mufasa and seeing other people uh, play that role. <laughs> I, 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 of course, I have to ask, how has your personality as a father been impacted? Like, do you teach your, your child how to pounce? Like, what what is it about Mufasa uh, <laughs> that that has impacted your real life parenting style? You know, it's, it's more, it's more in discovering, uh, it was more in discovering like who he was. I think when I first started, uh, when I first started playing the role, I was, the t I, I tried to play the role as, you know, kind of, uh, this almighty grand, uh, you know, leader, uh, who kind of everybody follows. And that was the, that was the young me. And kind of that's how I, I, I would say, if I'm honest, like that's how I, uh, you know, kind of ran my household, so to speak. It was like, um, as a young father, I thought that it, the most important thing was for my son to, uh, to kind of res respect my words and, you know, and follow me in, uh, in that way. And as I, you know, as I grew, as I've grown with the, with the role, he's, Mufasa is so much more than, uh, so much more than that. And I've learned that, you know, he's, a lot more uh, even tempered than I am, <laughs> than I am. And that's something that I try to implement, uh, that I've tried to implement in, uh, you know, in my life as a, uh, as a father. And then, you know, he, at the, at the core, he really is just, uh, uh, just this, this character who wants to do right by, uh, right by the people who depend on him. And he really has this desire and need to pass that on to uh to, you know to his son so his son continues to carry that torch and that's been kind of the driving force in my uh in my everyday life as a uh as a father and just a human being like that's the most important thing that i want to pass on to my son is those values that mufasa wants to pass on to simba it's been it's been very it's been very very cool yeah and i mean and, and i think that's probably one of the things that has kept this this property and this story going for you know two decades now both first in the animated film and then on stage you know playing to however many billions of people it has around the world and then obviously we've got the live-ish action version uh, of the movie coming out later this yeah, summer right. that the yeah that story about you know even though it's about animals uh it is very human and very personal and very emotional and i'd have to imagine that for the actors that while a lot of people might say, oh, you're in a Disney show, that's got to be fun, you know, jumping around in all the costumes and the puppets. But 
you know, a, a lot of people draw connections between the Lion King and and Hamlet. Uh, so they've got that Shakespeare side of it. Yeah. And then also you've got all of the yeah. the African influences in this show as well. I would imagine that there's a lot more that goes into this show than just what people would assume because it is a Disney cartoon on a musical stage. Yeah, I think that I think that once I think that that is uh, probably a general assumption um, that there's uh, not a whole lot of content uh, content in it because, you know, because of the stigma that's attached to uh, Disney uh, animated features. But I think that that is completely changed once people come to see it. And that's why I think the show has lasted as long as it has, because people come back to see it multiple times, because at different times in our life, we identify with different, uh, you know, with the different things that uh, different characters are going through. I remember specifically when I was touring with the show, um, I toured back in 2007. Um, and then I went back on the road in 2000 and, uh, 2013. And there were two specific instances where there was a young couple in Wisconsin who had come when they were in uh, in high school. They came on a high school trip, and now they were engaged to uh, engaged to be married, and they were uh, oh, wow. pregnant. Uh, they were pregnant as a couple, and so they, you know, seeing it as a high school kid, and then seeing it as you know future parents, you get a completely different uh, different uh, perspective watching uh, watching the show and watching you know uh, watching the perspective of say Mufasa as opposed to. You know, maybe you identified with Simba and Nala when you were younger. And then in, uh, I think we were in Charlotte and there was a uh, parent, uh, this lady who came and she said, you know, I came uh, the last time I saw this about my father uh, with me. And I was very skeptical on coming again because my father just passed away. But this was the best thing that I could have, that I could have done for myself. Because, you know, hearing the song that uh, Mufasa sings in the show about they live in you, and that's a, grounded in uh, South African history and spirituality is that, you know, our ancestors live on through, live on through us and how we, how we continue, to, uh, continue to honor them. And she was like, that was important for her to hear in that exact moment. So I think that people, once they see the show, they come away, they leave with uh, so much more than they expected. And I think that that's what's made the show last as long as it has from the day we arrive on this planet and blinking step into the sun there is more to see than can ever be seen more to do than can ever be done Mm, there is far too much to take in here more to find than can ever be found but the sun rolling high through the sapphire sky keeps great and small on the endless round it's a circle of life and it moves us all through despair and hope through faith and love till we find our place on the path unwinding in the circle the circle of life 
that's a beautiful story. I love that. Um, one of the yeah. things you, you mentioned that that song, which is my personal, has always been my personal favorite moment in the, in the whole show, um, rooted in those South African traditions. And I, I would imagine that, like we talked about at the beginning with people staying with the show, it, it, this is a show where it is a mostly African-American or, or black cast. I don't know if they're all uh, American born, but um, I would imagine that having a show that represents, even though they are animals, I guess, technically it, it is African characters uh, in a way with, you know, to me as an outsider seems very respectful and authentic. Like I would imagine that that has to be, an, another gratifying part of doing this show for a long run, especially so much of that being on Broadway. Oh, 100%. And, and as you mentioned about animals versus uh, humans or animals versus uh, characters, it's crazy because in South African tradition, there's not that much of a separation. There's such uh, oh, cool. an admiration for animals in that culture. That's why, you know, that's why the two things match up so well, the South African elements and the animal uh, and the animal elements match up so well. It's because the reverence that the South, uh, the South Africans specifically have for animals and what they represent in their culture. But it definitely is, I think, the bond that us as African-Americans and Black people have formed with uh, that link to uh, our homeland that a lot of us don't have, you know, don't have any reference uh, reference point back to Africa. This, you know, this gives us a completely new perspective that a lot of us yearn for, you know, and so we've created, uh, we've created a, a, a huge bond with, uh, with our South African castmates and they've been a huge resource for, uh, resource for us just as black as black Americans and, you know, and kind of further enriching where our roots are. And then to be able to have so much positive black representation on stage right now, when a lot of the representation in media and, uh, and so on and so forth can be negative when it comes to um, the people who are brown and black is super, is super important. And as a father figure, as uh, especially having, young kids who come to see the uh, young brown and black kids who come to see the show who see a positive male figure up on the uh, black male figure up on the stage is very, very important for me and one that I don't take lightly. Yeah, I, I would imagine that with any Disney show, but especially one like Lion King, that so many people have known from the time they were young, like you talked about that high school couple now having kids of their own. But this story that's been a part of the American culture for so many years, I would imagine that part of the joy of doing this show for as long as you have is seeing different generations of kids and especially, uh, you know, children of color to see this show and to see how this story, as human as it is, can continue to impact these kids who are brought to it fresh every year, you know, a different generation of kids rolling through each time they come and see it. As a father to you, exactly. what do you hope that that message whether it is, you know, children of color or just children in general, what do you hope that the message is that kids take away when their parents come to see them, maybe as potentially their first exposure to a Broadway show? Yeah, I think I think that on some uh, that on some level, um, I hope, number one, that the parents who are coming to see it uh, understand that one of the overwhelming themes in our show is that we take care of each other. Right. And that's something uh, that's something really important. Mufasa says, you know, Mufasa says to Simba, he's like, yes, 
we eat the uh, we eat the the antelope, but also the antelope eat the grass. You know, eat the grass. And essentially, what he's saying is, you know, you only take what you uh, take what you need, but you also give back. And that's one of the kind of the overwhelming uh, overwhelming things that of our show. We see what happens in the show when that doesn't happen. When Scar kind of takes uh, when Scar kind of takes over, and so as simple as a concept uh, that is, it's one that is often missing in society and i and so i hope that that is something that uh kids even if they don't understand exactly what it is that they that uh that's that's what i hope that they take away because i think that that's what's going to kind of make our continue to make our world uh our world better but especially for you know for parents who are bringing bringing their kids i i hope that they're able to see that and uh and kind of expound on that when when their kids are asking questions about uh asking questions about the show yeah, and obviously you have taken away quite a bit and helped your parenting skills. Obviously, a little different when you play the role eight times a week for you know for, you know fourteen years or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully, but... they take at least a little sliver away from uh, the relationship between Simba and Mufasa. But um, I, I mentioned I mentioned earlier. Uh, that we are getting a new Lion King film. We obviously just got the new Aladdin film. So your Disney cohorts uh, uh, over at Aladdin went through this similar too. When you have a f- the original film version, which is still iconic and stands alone in its own right, but you're getting ready to celebrate this new film coming out. Does does that change? Uh, at all obviously not your performance but the buzz around your show like have you heard you know whether it's from fans or from the disney folks uh you know when you're doing these events like is there a a different kind of emphasis on what the lion king is doing now as you kind of ramp up for the film coming out in july not really um and i i think the reason this has not been said but what i did up from that is you know they've really done a good job of letting each entity kind of stand on its own the uh the broadway musical is something completely different although the story is the same it's completely different than the film and so and i you know and i think that people uh people understand that once they you know once uh if they if they're familiar with the uh animated feature and then they come to see the broadway musical you understand that those are two completely different things and i think that in the same way uh this new movie that's uh this new movie that's coming out it's going to be its own uh its own thing um so it i think that they've done a really good job of letting it kind of take its own uh own life and not piggyback on any of the any of the things that we necessarily uh that we necessarily do in the broadway show and you know like just enough of a nod to the animated uh animated feature that it's uh recognizable but letting it be its own thing and i think that that is uh that that's what the real buzz is is that this new thing is coming uh coming out and it gets to be its own thing it doesn't have to follow the mold of uh what uh what our show does or what the original animated feature does yeah well the the one consistent between those two things while they are obviously two incredibly different things uh, and two different properties the animated version and this new computer generated animated one is the voice of James Earl Jones uh, as Mufasa. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who has played <laughs> yeah. this role on and off first as a as an an understudy and then uh, on tour and then now 
permanently on Broadway for or full time on Broadway for a number of years now. James Earl Jones is obviously a, a legend both on stage and screen, but an incredibly important one, I would imagine, for many African-American actors. I mean, how is it to, to kind of walk in, I don't know, his footsteps, I guess, in an animated film, but, you know, to, to, to travel in his voice box area kind of thing? <laughs> it's uh, it's impossible yeah. <laughs> like, to, to say one word. I feel th- there is that there's that scene um uh, you know, in the animated feature and uh, I guess in this movie that's coming out where Simba is uh, kind of following in Mufasa's footsteps and you see the size of Mufasa's footsteps versus Simba's actual foot in the footprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel trying to, that's how, that's, that's, <laughs> that is exactly how I, uh, how I feel. And I made the mistake of trying to, uh, when, I, when I first joined, uh, joined this show, I made the mistake of trying to emulate what James Earl, uh, what James Earl Jones did with the, uh, with the character and quickly realized that that's just, that's just impossible. Like it's, you know, he, he's, he can't be replicated. And so it wasn't until, you know, I realized that and also realized that I have a unique, uh, a unique perspective that I can also bring to the, uh, bring to the role that I kind of started to get my footing and that's what's cool. He set the he set the blueprint uh, for the role, and uh, I think all of us have kind of nodded to what he's been able to do with totally. uh, you know with with the character. But you know, it's it's impossible to fill those shoes. But I mean, I, and a lot of people when they come to see the show, I feel like that's what they expect. But I feel like there's enough of a uh, enough of a nod in the character. I feel like he is, you know, he is the ultimate Mufasa. Yeah. Right in voice and stature and uh, just in, in in our community, like that's what that's what he is, and I so I feel like that essence already exists within the character enough that people uh, walk away from it feeling like <laughs> feeling not let down by my performance. <laughs> no, no. I'm sure they are not <laughs> let down by your performance in any way. I'm sure they understand it's it's just as wonderful in a, in its own way. Well, um, I, I want to end on this. It, is the cast of, of Lion King, the musical, are you guys going to see the film together? Um, are there any plans on doing that or anything cool to, to kind of commemorate that experience as a, as a company? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't heard anything um, specifically from our offices, but I know that they, that they did a screening. I was not able to go, but they did a screening for the movie Aladdin for oh, cool. all of the Disney companies. And I assume that they're going to do a similar thing, uh, a similar thing, but even if it doesn't happen yet, yeah, we've kind of already decided that that's something that we all want to experience, uh, experience together. So, um, yeah, and that'll be one more way to kind of reinvigorate, uh, reinvigorate what we've been doing for the last 21 years in our show. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. You can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find links to all of Michael and Steven's social media accounts and their respective Broadway musicals in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to Michael and Steven, of course, as well as Danielle Ruff, Maria Candida, Lindsay Fagg, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio was possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, I know that the night must end, and that the sun will rise. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more.